Hello and uh, welcome to everybody. Uh, on today's podcast, we have Wakar Butt, who uh, joins us from London. Uh, before we move on, Wakar, if you could introduce yourself, uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah, hi everyone, and uh, thank you, Mohammed, for having me here. It's a it's a, it's a pleasure to be on. Uh, with yourself and uh, to be discussing a really important topic. My name is Wakar and uh, based in London. I'm, uh, I just turned 32 uh, last month. I'm a father-to-be and uh, I'm a very excited father-to-be as well. Um, I'll describe myself as a curious, inquisitive person who loves to learn. And I think that's my mantra that I've had uh, certainly for the past 10 years um, I'm someone who loves to learn whatever I'm doing, whether that's um, at work or whether that's in my personal endeavors. And, um, and and this is part of that. This is part of that learning um, uh, world that I'm in. And it, it doesn't end. So um, I'm, I'm glad to be here and hope to to learn from this as well. Um, I'm also avid sports follower. So I love football. I love cricket. And um, I love I love to spend time with family and friends. I think that that summarizes me in a nutshell. So we're gonna. I I, I was gonna ask a, another question, but uh, we'll go back. So you said the sports. Do you follow a particular uh, football team, or are you just a, a general sports lover? Yeah, I, I support Manchester United in in football, um, okay. and uh, the resurgence recently is is, is very pleasing. And uh, I, I I watch cricket, all sorts of cricket, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a very very much a fan of classic Test cricket as well, uh, which I know you're not, but um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next. I was going to say, yeah, no, you're you're not a T Twenty kind of guy. <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, I, I really like it, uh, but I have to say, Test cricket is is the one. Really, what is it about Test cricket that sort of gets you, or really really makes you like it? You just can't. You can't replace the battle between two teams on a pitch for five days. Um, every session counts. The concentration counts. Um, it's all about skill, uh, mental fortitude, ability to play for longer hours and to really be focused and fixated in one thing. Um, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of effort. And... Um, Having played cricket myself for, for several years as, as um, at a club level, um, obviously I didn't I didn't play Test cricket style, but um, having played for one full day, I can say it's uh, it's very difficult. So I imagine five days. Uh, really admire the the skill that it takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess and the stamina, the mental stamina, not just the physical, uh, to be going so long. Precisely, well, it's it's not just a physical game; it's also a tactical game, and that's why I love it. And would you be applying some of your, as a father to be, would you be applying that uh, test mentality <laughs> to, uh, to be to, to be a father? <laughs> I think uh, I think I can put myself into the shoes of some greats and and think like them and think about what's my innings going to be like. <laughs> you know, am I am I going to have a rough start to my to my career? to my uh, innings or am I going to get off to a flyer and um, get stuck in the middle and then uh, do well at the end? So I don't know. Um, there are aspects that I can pick up and, and take from my cricketing history uh, into my personal life. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think there's there's lessons from all all types of sports, and anyone who plays sports or anyone who's been involved in sports at any level will know that as well as the fun factor, there are definitely lessons that people extract and bring into their lives, no matter what, whether it's with work, or whether it's working in teams, whether it's marshalling your troops when you're about to do a presentation, um, and whether it's marshalling your family, if you have children and you need them to 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 do something and get ready for, for a day out, for example. Um, if you've ever been a captain of a, of a, of a sports team, you know what it takes to enthuse a team of players and to get them onto your side and then to motivate them. So I think those aspects, um, those sports psychology aspects, I would say I would definitely bring into my um, into my next uh, biggest test. That's really that's really beautifully described uh, the way you've done that. I think continuing with the sports analogy, then how would you mitigate the competitive side, or what are your thoughts of competitiveness? Um, you know, and bringing that side into into your journey to fatherhood. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think with competitiveness, there has to be an innate competitive nature in someone to want to win when it comes to sports. And sports is about the end result. At the end of the day, it's about the achievement that you get. None of the greats would sit there at the end of their careers with an empty trophy cabinet and think I had a great career with nothing to show for it. So for me, the competitive nature that I really developed throughout my um, sporting history as a young young player playing in, in, in the fields in East London, I think it's all about my trophy cabinet will be the the result of my actions and the way I deal with my my family and my children and the way I, I, I bring them up um, or in terms of their character, in terms of their, their mannerisms, in terms of how they are as members of society. I think all of that would be a reflection of my trophy cabinet when I think about it probably later in life. And looking, I guess, you're starting your journey to to fatherhood when is your when is your little one expected what's the sort of due date how how far along um so are you and your wife we're 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 at that crunch point now so very close um it's about three weeks left till with you so uh nervy times uh, as you can imagine uh, i'm sure sure you know what that feels like <laughs> well three I, I didn't know it was that close <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> Um, I guess thinking, so talking about wh- where were you when you first found out um, that you were to be a father? Where was I? I was um, I was at home. I was at home, actually. I was working from home, um, remote working, the new world we live in. And, um, and my wife found out and, and it was a 20-second uh, journey from this room to, to my wife um, to see the uh, the the expression and um, yeah I uh, was, was very happy uh, as you can tell <laughs> to find out but um, yeah I, I was at home um, in my own comfort zone and uh, fortunately for me it was the best way to find out uh, I'd rather prefer this than hearing over the phone or or anything like that if, if you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah no I understand so I guess you heard it you heard it in person 
which is nice. Um, in terms of, because you strike me as somebody that is, 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 is a reflective individual. When you did first hear it, could you sort of talk us through your feelings or what, what were you going through at that moment in time? Or can you remember? I, I remember one thing I do remember is the look of um, surprise or shock on my wife's face. Um, I wasn't, I couldn't see myself um, in my reflection in the mirror or anything like that at the time. All I could see was my, my wife and I saw her face and it was, it was really surprised, really shocked. And it was um, not, not much emotion going on in, in, in her face. And I think, my reaction was the opposite of that, whereas I was very elated and kind of um, embraced her and hugged her. And I was very happy about it. Um, and I think because I, I was really, it's something I was really looking forward to um, and something I had thought about. Um, I always knew it's going to be part of my, my plans, part of my future at some point. So, yeah, so my reaction was was a very positive one. And um, I still have that positive, um, you could say, way of thinking up till now. Uh, like I said, three weeks away. Um, let's see how that goes. Maybe ask me after after the baby's born how I feel. <laughs> uh, I'm so, it is. It, it, it's a wonderful journey, and to hear that you are so excited at the start is is really heartwarming um, and makes me reflect on where I was um, when I first heard about it, because we had twins uh, who are now six years old. Wow. Um, where was I? I'm trying to think. I can't remember where I was because we've had another one after that, but I do remember my wife saying that she actually prayed for twins uh, when, <laughs> when we went to, uh, when we went to Umrah. So when we went to visit uh, the Holy city of Mecca for a voluntary pilgrimage, um, I do remember her saying that when sort of we got the scan, so we went to to the scan, and it's two heartbeats, not one. Wow. <laughs> uh, she did tell me then that oh yeah, I sort of you know I, I might have, it might have slipped out of my mouth when <laughs> when I was praying for for children. Um, so yeah, it's 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 definitely a nice feeling. You mentioned that it's something that you've been thinking about even before you received the news. What, when was the first time you sort of realized, you know what, I think I want to be a dad or I'm ready for fatherhood? I think when I, when I got married um, initially um, and then the exposure into my in-laws, my wife's place and, and, and seeing um, the nieces and nephews and the, the, the children in the gatherings and just the way the families were with each other with elders and children and everyone in between, I felt really like I want to be someone who can create this kind of atmosphere and this kind of um, environment as well for for my family in the future. And it was something which really struck me at the time because at, at the time I was married in my family, on my side, there were no children. Uh, my brother had just got married um, a year earlier than myself. And um, he is now has a daughter, my niece, who who also contributed to that. So, having seen her and having been part of her life, it's really brought out something in me, which um, 
made me want to have uh, children and want to have a family. Um, so the idea of having a family and the idea of having children was always something with me. That was always something I, I had. And I guess after getting married and having established myself and kind of lay, lay that foundation, um, as my father would always say to me, you know, the first year of marriage kind of lay the foundation, get to know the, the, the wider families, build those relationships, you know, make sure you're stable at work, make sure you might possibly want to, to buy a house or, or, or have somewhere to live um, so that when your time comes to have a family, you don't have other stresses on your mind, which would uh, contribute to a, um, a, a, a being a stressful father. So for me, that was the point at marriage. That was the point where I really started thinking about it. And um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very grateful that now where we are, where we are now. You've, you've mentioned your father um, and the advice that he gave you. Uh, and as you start your journey uh, to fatherhood, God willing, what is your earliest memory of fatherhood? Oh, wow. That's a, it's a very deep question. My earliest memory of fatherhood would be probably my early birthdays, I would say. The very, very early birthdays. Um, probably couldn't put a number to it, but I remember when I was younger having birthdays and, um, and my father would bring us a cake uh, to cut and presents and and just just things that would, you know, make, make the atmosphere and the environment um, a joyful one. And I think really remembering what role your father plays in that is is very important. And even things like I remember when I was younger and I really wanted the um, the Nintendo, the the Game Boy when it came out. And uh, I remember asking my dad like I had never asked for something um, so specific as that, or or you could say something as expensive as that at the time. Um, and I asked for it, and it was it was bought for me as as a gift by my father, and took me to the shop. I remember we went to the shops. Um, I asked for two games. I asked for the Game Boy. One of the games was Pokemon. Um, coming home in with with the fresh box, the Game Boy, uh, put it straight on, and uh, just played that game until I finished it. <laughs> and, and and so really, my 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 earliest memory of of fatherhood was was my father kind of. Um, providing for for myself and my siblings in in that way when it was our birthdays and also other celebrations um, he seemed to remember the the good times very well and I remember um, when it was celebrations for example the Eid the Eid celebration um, celebrating that with my wider family and and it was not just my father I guess it's the other male figures or the other fathers who are also in the wider family, uh, extended family, and seeing them and seeing my cousins, for example, um, seeing my grandfather, uh, who, who also played a pivotal role in that at the beginning, and seeing how he was and how his relationship was with his sons and his daughter, etc. And seeing that from a very early age instilled certain um, understandings or certain qualities within me. And the first and foremost of that would be mannerisms. Really, how do you address people who are older than you? How do you talk to them? How do you sit with them? 
um, how, how do you engage in a conversation with your elders? Uh, what's deemed as respectful in the environment? What's deemed as not respectful? How do you play and enjoy that youthful energy that that you have around your 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 uncles, your father, without being a nuisance to them? And I think all of these things, even from a very young age, I was quite cognizant of them, which is quite a strange thing because you'd think as a child, you wouldn't really think about these things. You, you, you're kind of carefree. You just want to play. No matter what the outcome, you'll deal with the outcome later. But for me, it was very important that I wouldn't upset my parents and that I wanted to do things in a very cordial way. So if I had action hero figures to play with, I'd want to play with them. But at the same time, I wouldn't play with them in a way which would be destructive, for example. That could be argued it was a nature thing. Maybe that's in my nature. Um, people have told me uh, that's how I am as well. I'm quite a calm person. I, you know, I'm not the sort of person who would, you know, go be in a crowd and start shouting at a football game or things like that, for example. But I think a lot of that was learned behavior by observing others and observing the relationships. Um, which were very important, and at the same time, you, you you develop a fear factor of your own your own parents. You know, as uh, usually everyone has uh, one parent, which is who plays the the stricter role, the one parent who plays maybe perhaps the softer role. So I think for my father, my father played the softer role uh, definitely in the beginning, and that was my 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 earliest memory of childhood, if that makes sense. That's that's beautifully described, you, and holding true to your reflective uh, nature, um, you've you spoke about a couple of things there. One was around providing um, and seeing your father as a providing figure. How much of that you now soon to be a father? How much of that would you say is upon you? Um, in today's world to be the providing father and the material provision? I think that's a very, that's a very layered question. I try and attempt to answer it because I think, as you said, the world we live in now is vastly different to the world when I was young, when I was pre-10 years old. Um, internet was just coming on. Um, we had the dial-up connections even that it didn't really work properly. We had floppy disks, which didn't really work properly as well. So the world was different at the time. And now we're in a much fast paced, instant gratification type of world. And I think for me personally, um, being the provider, materially speaking, um, is very important because I think my qualities as an individual would be best placed to take up that role uh, between myself and my, my wife. And I think my wife has certain qualities which I would really like my children to hone in on and really learn from as compared to myself. I think I have a certain role to play. I don't think that's the finished article right now, I'd say. Um, maybe you can tell me, but I think that might develop as my child and children for example would would get older and go through go through their various challenges and i think on 
on that journey, there'll be several curveballs. So I'd have to deal with things in different ways at different junctures of life, um, at different ages. For me personally, being the person who's there, who's providing, who, who, who can, who can show the children that, um, they are taken care of materially. What's, it's, it sounds like it's quite trivial, but it's very important in this day and age um, to f- provide that safety net, to provide that comfort for the for the child. So um, I think I'm best suited at that role between me and my wife. Um, but I think that's one part of um, my role as well as uh, other parts. But that's definitely the, the 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 first and foremost role. I think as a minimum. Otherwise, I don't think I would have um, entered into a a marriage kind of contract and a marriage sort of relationship if I wasn't prepared and if I wasn't ready to to be that person who would provide um, that was my way of thinking uh, my personal choice was I have to be established I have to have that foundation as I, as I mentioned before I enter into this 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 contract or this relationship and it's very important to have that otherwise um, I, I just feel that if the foundations are not there then the house doesn't get built properly or, or you'll see cracks in the house. Yeah. You spoke about um, the relationship uh, with your wife and sort of the expectations or the way you described it. You were about to start another relationship, God willing, um, within the, within three weeks. <laughs> what are you doing to prepare for that? I think for me... There are a number of things I'm, I'm trying to do at the moment um, through through various means. And as I mentioned at the start, I'm I'm someone who considers myself a, a lifelong learner. Everything for me is about learning, um, and this is going to be the biggest job of my life, you could say. And it's going to be learning on the job. What I'm doing to prepare, firstly, I'm reading a lot of material, so I I really like reading and one of the things I'm doing is reading books. So one of the books that I'm reading currently is uh, something which uh, was recommended by yourself. So it's called The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read and Your Children Will Be Glad That You Did. And so I'm reading this book, um, which is really about understanding relationships in life, not just the child-parent relationship, but the wider relationships that you have in your life. Um, So it's real insight into ensuring that you as an individual, uh, your 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 previous baggage or your, your 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 difficulties that you've had in life are not um, are not thrown upon your children. So this is the first book that I'm reading. Um, the other things I'm reading are sort of um, uh, articles online. So um, I look at, for example, dad. Um, transcripts of dad podcasts and I, I listen to, to things such as this and try and get ideas from that. Um, it's just it's just all about absorbing right now and listening to different ideas and different ways of thinking. And then at the end, what I would like to do is make up my own way of doing things. And um, ultimately, that's how I'm going to do things uh, when my child comes, God willing. So that that's what I'm doing. Um, the other thing is watching um, watching lots of videos so I really enjoy for example TEDx videos um, there's some really really cool stuff out there really innovative ideas innovative discussions going on 
uh, with leading um, individuals in the field of psychology, for example, uh, childcare, education. Education is a key one. Um, I really like looking at what's happening in that world specifically um, and keeping on top of things. Um, myself, I, I also, one of the things I do is I, I tutor children. So I, as a maths tutor, I've been tutoring for a number of years and, and I have an insight into teaching and learning. And I like to keep on top of that because I think ultimately it'll be beneficial um, for myself. I really enjoy working with the students. So, so those are the, the, the few things I'm doing. And then I guess the other thing just to mention is just talking to people. Um, very fortunate that I've got friends and family who have children who, who have the experience. And so just ask them questions, talk to them uh, whenever I get the opportunity. And it's, it's great because it's a very personalized experience for everyone. And so people will give you the experience. And I love listening to different experiences from my own friends because, first of all, I know my friends very, very well. And I like to join the dots and see what part of their parenting is really their character, their personal, uh, the, the, the way they are, and what part of their Child caring is learned behavior and it's just kind of, you know, spontaneous and what they're picking up and what they're learning. So there's a character development going on within my friends as they, as they become fathers and as they are going through this journey. And it's just wonderful to observe that from my perspective and, and to see and to, to, to absorb things from there. So I would say out of all of these things that I mentioned, the one that I probably enjoy the most is is the reading aspect, um, because reading is a very personal, quiet thing to do, and I, I enjoy absorbing the information through the books that I read, and the authors and the way they write and the words, etc. Um, so, so yeah, so I'd say these are the few things. You, you mentioned friends, and I guess if uh, in your life. Um, would they be in a similar boat to yourself, i.e., first-time parents? Like a lot of the friends yeah. that you're sort of seeing that behavior between learnt um, and their character. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it and looking at that sample of friends, shall we say, or that yeah. group of friends, is there a common thread that you might be able to tease out from saying, you know what, again? The majority of them actually parent through their character, or you know, is, is there anything? Is there like a an anecdote you could tease out from that sample of friends you mentioned? I think one thing I've noticed is any of my friends who've had boys have I've tended I've ten I, I I've kind of seen them in a more aggressive light, and any of my friends who have had girls, I've seen them in a very soft light softer than what I, I thought I'd seen them. So that's quite interesting, just from an observational point of view. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but it's, it's very interesting. You see how people change and, invo- and evolve over time and how they conduct themselves. Obviously, that is completely sort of um, their prerogative. Like that, That's how... 
they're managing themselves. Um, but I'm just speaking from observational point of view. I think um, that would be the one one thing that I've observed. The other thing I would say, the common thread between all of them is that everybody is very, very much thinking about the future. Everybody is thinking about the future. And because of that, they're very much immersed in their child's life, which is a great thing. They're completely immersed in their child's life. So they're thinking about everything for the child's finances in the future, the child's upbringing in terms of personality, character development, the child's um, ability in school, what do they like, what their dislikes are, um, the child's social construct, who are they meeting, who are their friends, um, who are they interacting with um, at school, what is their behavior like. So all of these facets, I see all my friends completely involved in all of these separate buckets. And I think that's really a great testament to them because if I compare that to, for example, um, certainly I would say my my father's generation, when they were fathers, I, w- I would argue that they were less inclined to be immersed in these in these buckets, if that makes sense. They were more about provision. They were more about, I'm here if you need me, but less about um, understanding every single detail that was kind of left to the mother, the mother's role. Um, and yeah, that's just a generational difference, you could say. I, I, and I'm sure there are exceptions to that. There's always exceptions to everything. But that's that's the biggest thing that I've I've noticed. It's it's a much more hands-on, immersed experience and a much more conscious experience. Being there, being present, and making sure you're there, and listening, and and observing, and interacting um, for 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 lengthy amount of time. That's what I've seen from my experience. It's it's funny you you, you mentioned uh, they're th- they're thinking about the future, and then instinctively I was like, yeah, but who knows if we're going to be alive in the future? And then you've ended with the idea of them being present um, and being conscious um, and being as you you know giving the time and being there for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you not see? a challenge you not do you see those are the same thing by being present i'm also thinking about the future i guess what i'm trying to say is how much of that future thought of you know is is preventing from them being present with the child as is versus you know like you said hey what about that what about that what about that versus i'm here now this is me this is what i can do versus i need to i need to i need to we need to do you see that? Can they exist, coexist, or do you think there's a there's a tension there? I mean, um, I would say this is just my own thoughts, uh, not not my observations of anything. It's a very difficult thing to work out uh, from other people and from other people's experience. But I'd say, I would say it's, it's something which can happen simultaneously, but it takes a lot 
of mental power. So it can lead to mental fatigue. It can even lead to stress. Uh, it can lead to anxiety and worry. And these are just some of the things it could lead to if not done correctly. And I think it all needs to be compartmentalized into certain areas of life. So the way I look at things um, or, you know, the way I've always looked at things up till now, that might change. I don't know. But I've, I've always had certain boxes in my life. So you could say um, I have my, my, my mental, uh, my spiritual and my physical um, the mental is everything to do with my uh, cognitive ability, um, how I develop myself personally. The physical side is obviously how I look after myself physically. And then the spiritual side is how I look at myself internally within myself and understand myself and develop my relationship with God. So all these three uh, combined is what is my makeup. It's part of me is who I am. Um I manage those things together. They're not separated from each other. The physical is connected to my spiritual. My spiritual is connected to my to my mental. My mental is connected to my physical. It's all connected. And and I think I think of it in the same way. When my child comes, God willing, I I look at that in that way. I'm thinking about my child here and now. I want to be present. I want to see them grow. I want to see them develop. I want to be part of that journey. At the same time, I want to be thinking one step ahead. I want to be thinking about what what I want to do for them in the future. Uh, for example, where what kind of clubs do I want to send them to? What kind of activities do I want them to do? What kind of things do I think they might be interested in? For example, um, it could be things, uh, just as an example, could be swimming. I personally, I like swimming myself. I'd love for my child to to be able to swim. I think it's a very important skill. Um, at the same time, it's not something that is going to weigh heavy on my mind while the baby is not uh, in in the at the right age to be able to swim. It's just something which I've thought about. I've put into a box and I've stored. It's there. <laughs> Here's a question for you. What's the earliest age you think a baby can swim? I I, I, I thought it was birth. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away. Straight away, right? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think so, because you've got um, – I'm not an expert, because they can actually be born. You have water births. But I yeah. just say from my experience, you have, you have various um, – I think, when did I start my two? I think I started my two around three months. But I've seen you've got swimming clubs, not swimming yeah. clubs, swimming lessons for, I think, six weeks and above. Mm-hmm. So as early as six weeks. So it might come sooner than you're expecting, big man. I mean, the... I, 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 mean I, I, I don't know about six weeks. That sounds a bit early for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people do it. That's, that's really cool. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I probably wouldn't be throwing a six-week-year-old into a pool. Well, you, uh, you're not throwing them in. You're actually in there with them. But you think, I guess that's... I, I mean, I've heard of stories where people would, um, they let their baby swim underwater for a little bit, and then they'll pull, they'll pull them up. But I don't know if I can do that, or I don't know if my wife would even let me do that, to be honest. You know what? It's, it's well worth it, because we started with ours when they were about six months and the other was when when she was three months but it becomes natural 
like you do let them go. Um, I mean, they've been living in a place in a womb full of liquids for the best part of nine months, um, and so it's it, 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 it they learn. But my my mother took took. Them. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I remember my mother took them when they were about a year old. And you're right, you do have to sort of push them in the water and then let them go. And you know they they figure it out and they're breathing and whatnot. And to this day, which is what's that? Four and a half years later, she's not lived let me sort of live down that trauma that she felt um she says how could you do that to me letting them you know so i i can hear where you're coming from had my mom not done that i would have been like i don't understand how how you can you know not let your baby go in the water and survive but i i, I i've seen it firsthand uh the concerns you've raised <laughs> my mom well, was it, so it traumatized <laughs> Hey, it it worked and it continues to work. Um, and it, we're, we're currently in a struggle to find them more swimming opportunities because uh, hopefully they'll be better swimmers than me. All I can do is a breaststroke. I don't know. Can, how many strokes can you do? What are your strokes? Like, are you uh, front stroke, back stroke, breaststroke? I think those are the three. To be honest, that I can. No do. butterfly. You can't do no butterfly. No, not really. I've tried it, uh, but yeah. <laughs> are you are you a puller or a glider on your front stroke? Um, I'd say I'm probably a glider. Wow, I'm jealous because I'm quite. <laughs> uh, my build is naturally quite quite thin, so I yeah I get through water nicely. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to best respond to that. I don't get through water nicely at all, um, and <laughs> the reason. <laughs> The reason I say that is, is because I can swim, you know, and I've, I, I, I did my lifeguarding course when I was young and things like that. So I could, I can survive, but I'm not a very graceful swimmer. I remember a friend of mine was trying to teach me to swim when I was a graduate and um, they were, you know, they, they said, you know, they, they were trying to, cause I, I, I don't think I ever, I was self-taught. I think I, I never sort of went to swimming lessons. Um, bless my mom and dad. They tried to take me to swimming lessons when we used to come back to the UK but I never sort of took part. And in Abu Dhabi, where I was born and brought up, it's just salt water. So there's that buoyancy, added buoyancy, and there's a lot of beach play and whatnot. But they taught me to swim. And I still remember this feeling. It's a good 12 years ago. They were like, yeah, put your hand out, do this, you know, and the whole movement. And there was a moment for about two seconds where I was gliding. I actually was just like on top of the surface of the water. I still remember it. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, is this what? swimming is supposed to be and just two seconds and the minute i started thinking it finished you know, literally yeah like a, a, a car wading through a soft sand yeah <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's good to see that you're uh you, you you're a glider i i yearned for that and i wish that for my children amongst many other things is, well, uh, is that not too late for you Still time. <laughs> hope so. Hope so. I mean, I always say I'd like to do a triathlon, but I, oh, wow. I, I, I can run as you probably, I like, I've done a few marathons. I can mm. ride a bike. So yeah, swimming, I think is going to be uh, the final frontier for me. It's amazing. I, uh... <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. No, it'd be really cool. I mean, to, to do all three, I mean, it's amazing. I, I think it's, it's physical, physically it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And I guess thinking about you, you, 
you've spoken about swimming and other things that you want for your for your child what are you most i guess what are you excited about what is it that sort of when you think oh few weeks away what is it that's got you what gives you that thing that little feeling in your stomach of ooh? i think it's the um for me it's it's the the bonding the bonding with your with your child and seeing the child grow and develop certain characteristics qualities that that you would want them to have i think that that's what really excites me it's like kind of like a, a bit of a challenge in in a way and it's really exciting because it's something new it's something i'm doing for the first time and there's probably people out there who are thinking you're going to get the shock of your life uh, maybe maybe i might do but it's so exciting to think about you know your as well as being a huge responsibility but to know that you are you know in charge or responsible for this human being who's come into this world and has no prior knowledge has no preconception about the world um doesn't know anything about anyone um doesn't presume anything and they're just going to learn and absorb and pick up things and i think it's it's fascinating for me to see if i can really instill certain qualities um that i that i like into into this child and at the same time and more importantly probably it's how do i instill those qualities in myself first and foremost so that the child can see it from my behavior rather than me just talking about it and pushing the child to be a certain way which which is not my style but it's really about me reflecting those behaviors and those ideals that I want my child to have and if I can do that I'd be really happy it's really exciting for me uh, to be in that position uh, to be in charge in that role and uh, ultimately I I'd love to see the fruits of that because I think the fruits of that would be really 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 sweet and really cool so and um, that's what I think and looking I guess the what are you, what are you not looking forward to or what are some of the yeah what are you not looking forward to or what are you worried about i think there's a couple of things as well as the the the, the physical nature of taking care of an, uh, a newborn baby um that's something which, which i'm worried about because i i am a person of routine i like my routine i like things in a certain way and i know that will go out the window to an extent um but i'm fine with that i've i know it's going to happen i'm not going to be worried or stressed about that and i know it's for a certain period i think habits that are formed and developed over a long period uh, will stay with you even if you um cut them out for short short term i think that's one thing i'm worried about uh, the other thing i'm worried about is just based on what the point i just mentioned what happens if i if i don't have those qualities what happens if i discover something in myself which i didn't know about before and i unearth these horrible qualities which um, which were hiding somewhere or or i had subdued somewhere in myself what if i have some some sort of anger within me 
something which was trapped from some past experience, past event in my childhood, some sort of trauma which has not come out yet or has not been triggered yet and could be triggered by this baby. You know, that's a huge fear of mine. And I don't know that. And I think not knowing that makes me very fearful, makes me very scared. Um, and I guess it's the, the the fear of the unknown. It's just you just don't know what could happen uh, to yourself as an individual. You know, if if you notice these things, and you know these these are all part of being self aware. Uh, you know, me and you talk about these things quite a lot. It's it's about self awareness of being cognizant of yourself as a person as an individual reflecting on who you are reflecting on your qualities removing those qualities inside of you which which are not seen as admirable um for example being someone who's jealous or someone who who can't control their anger or someone who's who's foul uh, in in their language for example these are things which are not seen as, as cordial as uh, as etiquettes and so my fear is that what if that happens to me? Um, what if I unearth that? As well as being a fair, at the same time, it's an opportunity because I do believe we have to extract those things from us. We have to work on those things within us. Um, otherwise, they'll be hidden. and They'll come out in some way or form. And we just don't know when. But um, I'm hoping that this experience of being a father will not lead me to discovering things which I, I don't want to discover if, if you see my my point no like i totally get it um i think i'm just pausing to reflect on that because <laughs> i I'm, I'm trying to re- <laughs> that's definitely not something that i had thought about <laughs> before i became a father but it's something that i definitely think about now that i'm a father so um you're already just using me as a yardstick you're already ahead of the curve, my man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's good to know. <laughs> it's not something I'd considered, but yeah, it's 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 tough. And I think if routine, if you're a person of routine, I mean, yes, you can say kids do break that routine, but there's some there's some parenting methodologies that routine is routine is king slash queen. And they will find methods and ways, of course, without harming the child, to make sure that happens, you know, around sleeping, around eating. There's uh, one of my previous guests, uh, he had a, an analogy. I can't quite remember. But literally, there was four steps, for, you know, like to build that routine because that was the relationship that him and his wife sort of had decided that that works for them because they're both very busy professionals. They're both doctors. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they, they found a parenting, how do I put it? Methodology, if you want to call it something like off the shelf that worked for them. So yeah, I, it, you, yeah, your routine may be pushed, but if that's something that you hold dear to, mm-hmm. it's definitely worth exploring to see, okay. Because there is, there is, yeah, the, the, the child is unruly, but again, it's that idea of, what you want to work with and what yeah and i think for you. when i when i say routine it's like uh, for me as a as a morning person I'm, I'm i'm someone who likes to to wake up at a certain time and fulfill certain activities in the morning before you know before the traditional world starts to work and and i and i really uh, it's something which i've developed over time but it's something which i really enjoy 
and mm. it, it, you know if if that does get um taken off its its course um by the introduction of a baby then um I have to adapt. I just have to work with it and and see what happens. And and I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will get um, derailed at some point. Um, but the challenge is upon myself. It's like how do I how do I maintain those activities which I've formed good habits with that I've worked on for for a long time. Uh, certainly those things which are in my personal development box. So yeah, I just have to be aware of that at the time. Uh, maybe something hard to be aware of when you're when you when you're working on two or three hours sleep and you know interruption of sleep is is, is a huge thing and uh, can affect the way we think so never mind being being self-aware i mean mm-hmm. I might not even be aware of what i'm doing <laughs> so you know uh it's one of those things yeah no it, it, it's true uh, and i think it's what have you thought about I guess and maybe it's too soon and maybe mm. you haven't. Have you thought about coping mechanisms? Because you mentioned now, you know, hey, I'm running on three hours sleep and you're a very diligent thinker and a very um, effective planner. Mm. Have you gone down the route of, okay, here's my coping strategies if I'm on three hours? Have you explored some of those or are you just like, no, I'll deal with it with when it comes. I know something's going to happen and I will think about it then. Personally, I think it's very difficult to prepare for those sort of things because it's just something you've never experienced before in your life. Even if someone is a um, a night owl and works through the night and is, is you know likes to sleep little and stay up more so often, but it's just that experience is nothing compared to to this new experience. So it's very hard to to think of coping strategies when you're in the in the middle of the jungle, I guess. Um, I, I would say for me personally, I would say I one of my things is to communicate very clearly to my wife. Um, if I am in that position and I find that um, it's just that something's not working for me or um, – I'm I'm just kind of losing my uh, <laughs> losing the plot I was going to say, but like not just not following my, my 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 tick boxes, my routines, the things that really work for me. I think I just need to com- communicate that to my wife and say, look, um, this is something which which I need to I need to address. Can you help me? Is there something you can do to help me? And it might be something small, you know, it might be something small and. Um, hopefully, if that if that is the case, it will be it will be managed. But um, yeah, I think for the time being, I've not really thought about that in detail because I don't know what I'm up against. Once I know what I'm up against, then I'll work my way around it. If that makes sense. It's, again, you, you're coaching me and telling me about stuff that I've only had to realise <laughs> lately well, myself. I guess learned experience is very different to something you read in a book. Um, if I read something, that'd be great. But yeah, once um, uh, it's a bit like uh, something that Mike Tyson used to say in boxing, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? So this is kind of like that. Every to be father has a plan until the baby poops on him. <laughs> yeah. Or, pee, or pees in their mouth as I did, I think to my poor dad. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's communication is is key, uh, and that's something that I've realised is I'm not so much a person of routine myself, but it makes a difference to know when. Hey, okay, there's a there's a drum beat, you know, there's a heartbeat if you want to call it that. The way I see it, it's like you know we've got a a heartbeat that sort of you've got your 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 beats per minute, and then suddenly you might it might go up, it might go down, but there's always a beats per minute, and it's trying to find. I guess the rhythm in your life, um, and it's it's now having two or three different heartbeats. Like you know, there's it's you, your wife, and baby. God willing, there'll be three different beats per minute that you're trying to sort of synchronize or work with. And communication, I think, using the, the, for me the analogy of an orchestra, it's it's important being the sort of the conductor, but then knowing, hey, you know, there's when they sort of they want to change something, somebody will play something, and then everybody's like, oh. Um, how they do that. And even when it comes to jazz improvisation, how they switch, how somebody will take the lead and then they might get tired. So somebody else will interject uh, with a certain tune. And the show Um, still goes on. And the... That's That's it. That was was the missing line. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? But that's what we forget. Like, that's what... When I speak to other fathers and looking at my journey uh, through fatherhood, which still continues, is we forget the show goes on with all the complexities, with all the things. I forget sometimes that, hey, you've still got time. The show is still going on. It's not like, you know, when you make a mistake, If it, I, I, I don't know if you can, when you make a mistake, you sort of cast it. Even now thinking about it, the first thing I want to do is hang my head in my hands i don't know if it's the same for you know if you if you make a mistake what's your talk to me now like think of a big mistake that you've made what's your first body reaction i think the first bodily reaction is like i kind of curl up yeah exactly yeah um and it's 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 funny because hey it's not that in the grand scale of things it's not that big coming back to you know how we're speaking the show still goes on but we feel that and sometimes it takes somebody else to be like, hey, knock, knock. Like you've just done there wonderfully. The show's still going on. Or sometimes it takes you to just be like, okay, I need a break. I need a pause. But I yeah. know the show is still going on. Yeah. And and, and also it just, just came to my mind to, to add to that. It's like, um, you know how I mentioned things about routine and structure in the day. Yes, I I do love those things. Um, and I know you also love um, these these productivity hacks and, and things that make us more productive. Everybody loves those things. But I think it's important to, to, to just mention that if there are certain things in your life which are sort of no, you know, these are must-haves in my day. If I don't have this in my day, my day is, is a failure. And some people place these burdens or place these things in their in the day in in the day or in their lives, and I think it's coming to an acceptance that my day is not a failure if I don't meet these requirements. I could go days without doing something which I originally said was something I have to do. It's part of my morning routine. I have to get up and have to exercise for twenty minutes. Um, and if I don't achieve that, does that mean my day was a failure? I don't think so. Not not for me personally. But that's because the way I see it 
it's not something which is a um a burden on myself it's not something i deem to be um really something which is going to shift the trajectory of my life it's something which i've placed in my life definitely for for a certain reason i want to achieve something with those those routines there's a reason why i wake up at a certain time there's a reason why i read in the morning for for 20 minutes there's a reason why i like reading poetry for example um but that might have to come to a standstill for a certain period of time and it's okay you know i'm i don't think my life is going to be a failure because i stopped those things for a certain time because there are other benefits that i'm i'm sure i'll see within that period yes it's going to be hard but i i know i'll see other benefits within that period and that could be benefits within myself benefits you know in my wife benefits in you know productivity in child learning something you know so it could be from from different angles and that that's the only thing i would i would add or consider to that you mentioned acceptance and that's again a word that i've learned to 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 build so what are you like what do you mean by acceptance what does that mean for as a for for a father to be what does that mean to you acceptance for me means acceptance that not everything is uh, as i said uh, in terms of planning not everything will go to plan it's just not going to happen you plan diligently um you put all your um you, you create the the correct milestones you create the project plan um you know you, you as a project manager once yourself you you understand this and you put into place um things that would help you uh, mitigate any issues uh, or risks but ultimately um with human beings it's not that simple human beings are complex uh, layered and we don't work to other people's plans a baby won't work to my plans and and so I have to be ready for that and prepared for that and and I have to accept that there's a possibility that certain things are going to fail certain things won't work yeah for example i might want to feed a baby at a certain time it might not work it just might not work i might have to hand the baby over to my wife because the baby doesn't want to be fed at that time or because the baby's crying and i don't know why and it's it's really loud and i can't think straight so i have to come to acceptance a form of acceptance that that's a possibility and if it happens it's okay i'm i'm not going to be stressed over that maybe i might be stressed in that very moment for a couple of seconds but the challenge is to be aware of your emotions and your anxieties and your stresses in that moment it's a very difficult thing it's very easy to say it like i'm saying it now it's very easy for me to say it but it's very difficult to act on it or to to work on it when you're there yeah i mean yeah <laughs> i'm laughing more out of pain than out of humor um <laughs> because a an example for me was yesterday so um i came back from having a day in london for work so i had a company offsite where so you know you meeting all your team and what not so i traveled to london 
uh, from Sheffield sort of from six in the morning, came back at half seven, came back at half seven to put the, the kids to bed and then went to pick up my wife from her job. Uh, and then I found myself Saturday committing to wanting to take the kids out to the woods, which is our favorite place. And I, it was a, it was a challenging day thinking back at it. It was because I was snapping. I, I still remember, I, and it, it still sort of brings, I, I guess I haven't accepted it. I know the reason, because I was tired. Uh, and when I'm tired, I know that's my, if I'm tired, I'm like, the, that is the one thing that I can't think straight if I'm tired. I can't, and I just found myself snapping over the simplest of things. And I'm a father to what, six-year-old twins and a two-year-old. And I, I just, I remember, and I had to sort of retreat and think, Mohammed, seriously? Like, <laughs> they didn't put their seatbelt on. But boy, oh boy, did I go. I was, I, I, thinking about it now, my body was one of, I still felt my, like, blood literally rising on my head, thinking about it pumping. <laughs> it was just, and it was a weekend. We weren't even rushing anywhere. So it, it's, it's true. In the moment, it is hard to accept. But what I've learned is, it's it's it coming back to that reflective piece. Something yeah. for me that's important is a compassion. Um, you may not be able to accept it in the moment, and you're like, okay, I, I will accept it. I will accept it. And you're saying the affirmations, but you're like, no. What I think is in reflection is to have that compassion um, when you have not accepted it, or when th- when you've done something that you feel was not right with regards to, as a father. I guess, speaking particularly, what I've learned is that idea of compassion and just being like, hey, Mohammed, you know what? Coming back to the example, the show is not over. You can go back and we, we've got this thing called do-overs, you know, where I'm like, okay, if next day I've calmed down, I'll go back and I'll apologize. Um, I'll be like, you know what? I'm really sorry. Um, Daddy was sort of really tired and whatnot. And children are amazingly resilient. Um. Uh, I, my, my wife, who's a pediatrician, sort of testifies that even from a health point of view, he really enjoys the fact that children bounce back physically in terms of health so much quicker than adults. Um, and that's something that is, is, is yeah, that I, I, I it's, if you can't accept it, then at least have the compassion for yourself. And I'm talking to me as well is to be like, hey, okay, it's okay, Muhammad, you weren't able to manage then but it doesn't prevent you from being able to go, hey, I'm sorry, messed up. The show's not over. Let's play again. Yeah, it's, it's a very reflective thing to do, I guess. It's a very reflective habit to have. Mm. It's, and, and it's important. Um, what's the strangest thing or advice that you've received or read uh, on your journey to fatherhood? Hmm. Strangest advice, strangest thing I've read. I'm not sure. Think about this one. Probably uh, the strangest advice I got was uh, don't have too many kids. when I was uh, talking about children with um, with someone, uh, I, I don't want to say who, but please um, don't name them. 
No, I'm not going to name them. Um, <laughs> Thank but you. Yeah, the, the response was, don't have too many kids. Your your life will just change. And they meant that in, in a negative way, obviously. Um, it's not something which it's not something which will be ideal or good for you in the long run. Um, so yeah, that was a very strange piece of advice, but I understand in a way, strange way. I understand where that advice is coming from in terms of it's coming from a very specific personal experience in life where perhaps, um, and mistakenly, children have been linked or connected uh, as the source to uh, someone's um, challenges and difficulties in life. They've traced it back and the source is, is the children. And that's unfortunate, but that's probably the, the, the kind of the root of that piece of advice. So I, I obviously took it with a pinch of salt, but um, yeah, just my my kind of inquisitive self. I kind of worked out where it was coming from and why that piece of advice was given, if that makes sense. Thinking of fathers and role models, who would you say are, are role models uh, for you on this journey to fatherhood? Um, so for me, my f- first and foremost would be my father, my own father would be my, my role model. Um, and I think my father, so my father came to the UK in the eighties, uh, from Pakistan and worked in quiet, challenging, difficult circumstances to, you know, earn a livelihood for himself, for his family back in Pakistan, for his um, family here. Uh, my mother, my siblings, all of us, and and so those those difficulties of kind of uh, moving houses, moving areas, moving schools, etc., and then where I am now is all as a result of those decisions that were taken by my father and my mother. But the 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 kind of the the head of the family, my father took those um, really crucial decisions. So I think from a point of view of sort of hard work ethic and real kind of um, fortitude and um, consistency in managing his own role, I would say, my father. Um, I would say other role models I would have... um, I have sort of like religious role models. So I would say um, people who I've, who I've learned uh, religion from. Um, and I would say that purely from a perspective of the, the spiritual box, which I mentioned before. Um, these are individuals who are also fathers, father figures. And, and so as, as sort of a, a head of a religious institute, your duty is to, to ensure that your, um, your students are um, well prepared for society at large. And so they, they really see their students as their own children, their own sons. Um, so, so my personal experience growing up and having some of these teachers and religious individuals in my life really helped me understand what a, um, 
a spiritual father figure would look like, if that makes sense. Um, mm. Someone who plays that role spiritually um, that perhaps my father didn't play um, in a certain point in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, thank you. Um, it's good. It's, 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 yeah. Role models are what, that's another thing when it comes to, I guess, and you mentioned it earlier on is that they'll see what you do and not what you say. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's an important one for me. Something that I come back to is what kind of role model am I? And as you mentioned is, what kind of role models are my children seeing in the people that I interact with? Uh, that's something that I, I take from my father when I look back is when I look back at the men, because we're, we're speaking about fatherhood here. When I look back at the men that he spent his time with in my formative years, not one of them would I have said, oh, is, is a waste man. <laughs> using for, for, yeah. for, for, for trying to find a better word and even for those that I didn't think highly of in terms of obviously my father thought highly of them to, to to be able to first of all to spend time with them but then also spend time with them in the company of his children yeah um so uh, it's, it's it's really it's an interesting one thinking about role models um, and how that changes we're going to switch the pace up a bit. Uh, we're going to go into our quick fire round. Yeah. So first thing that comes to you, um, just say it. Uh, I, you know, I'll give you options and then go from there. So uh, inside or outside? Inside. Drive or be driven? Be driven. Fast or slow? Slow. Tea or coffee? Tea. Go out for food or eat at home? Town. Read or watch? Mm, it's a mix. Read. Lie in or sleep early? Sleep early. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's always a nice, a nice thing to do. Uh, as as we sort of come to, towards the end uh, of the podcast, I, what, one question I wanted to ask you is: What's one thing? that you can share with another father that has helped you? Um, one thing I could share with another father who has helped me. Do you mean, Sorry. what do you mean? Ah, good. Yeah. I, when you read it back to me, I could, I was like, Oh yeah, that's what I said. In terms of you're passing on, if you think about it, passing on a tip. So and I, I will reword that. What's one tip that you could share with somebody else who's a father to be in your situation that has helped you. One tip I would give is spend some time reflecting on your own childhood and really try and understand what were those pivotal moments in your childhood. Um, from every aspect what were those moments of happiness in your childhood which really helped shape who you are today and what were those moments of grief and sadness that have also had an impact on your life today and i think you could do this by uh, jotting down a few notes on the paper but just 
having a think about your life um, as a as as a spectrum and reflecting upon those um, crucial events which took place and then thinking about how have those events impacted who you are today think about yourself today and who you are who are your friends um, what are the things that you are interested in what are your common hab- key habits um, what do you spend the most time doing and if you can track back the source and work out where that all stems from then you're really ahead of the game in terms of self-awareness and all of this is part of self-awareness it's about understanding yourself so i would say for fathers to be is spend some time reflecting on yourself and understand those things um, those qualities in yourself and how they've formed once you understand how they formed or where they came from or who they were impacted by all of these questions then when you become a father yourself you will recognize your own behaviors and you'll recognize why you do the things the way you do it for example if you say something or you shower at a child you might think what well, that wasn't me that was actually my father who just said that but it just came out my mouth so it's good to be aware of those things um that might be locked stored away at the back of your mind uh, our brains are um tremendous uh, and you know store amazing amounts of information but the certain information only gets unlocked with certain um when certain feelings come about so yeah i would say just to spend some time really reflecting on yourself and your your own childhood um to ensure that you're um you're you're ahead of the journey booker thank you so much for what has been a super reflective podcast um it's definitely given me something to think about I wish you um, and your wife all the best. Thank I you. Hope the next three weeks um, go well, and I look forward, God willing, to receiving a text, a picture, however you feel comfortable, uh, letting me know when your tag of father to be uh, <laughs> is just father. Yeah, I will do. I'll keep you updated, and uh, yeah, it'll be um, it'll, it'll be. Uh, a very fast three weeks i imagine so uh yeah let's see what happens <laughs> <laughs> well thank you thanks for having me